You've seen uh, hundreds of triple net properties. So what valuation best practices can you share on triple net commercial real estate? The valuation best practices, um, you know, there are, there are so many, there are a couple different factors. I mean, you've got the tenant, you've got the location, uh, you have the credit of the tenant, uh, and then you have, you know, what we would call the unit economics, uh, which are, um, you know, how is the actual economic performance at, uh, at that location? Uh, and then finally, the, the cap rate and the financial metrics that you're actually uh, purchasing the property at and what, you know, what the lease term is, what the increases are, um, and how those are calculated and all that kind of stuff. So those are all, there, there's about, those, those are the, the four or five main dials that you would use to evaluate um, any net leased investment. Um, and most of the time, what you'll see is that um, not all four will rate a 10 out of 10. Um, and it's up, for the indiv- up to the individual investor themselves to figure out what they're comfortable with. And to just make an extreme example, some people may be comfortable with a very poor location, but a very, very high quality tenant uh, where the, the uh, asset uh, or the business in that location is performing very well um, and you get a better cap rate as opposed to you could be in the middle of, of a metropolitan, you know, some type of, you know, the middle of a city on a main and main location where the, the location is out of sight, but that's going to be priced very high. And in that case, because you've got all the demand drivers, you may be less concerned about the credit of the tenant. And that becomes a very personal decision in terms of what your objectives are. So if you're, um, you know, the way we get into this and the way I really entered into this type of advisory part of the business is um, you have a couple of demographic shifts happening in the country where um, you have massive amounts of uh, real estate owners who have um, held management intensive real estate for 10, 20, 30, you know, 40, you know, sometimes generations of years. And um, they get to a point in their life where uh, I heard one say, one say the phrase to me that it's nice to own a lot of real estate, but I almost feel like the real estate owns me. And so um, one of the uh, motivations for uh, investing in this type of asset class is to begin to lessen your management load, take advantage of the 1031 exchange tax deferral. And in many cases, your cash flow increases. So the combo of those two things is a very nice solution for people. Um, and not to mention the diversification. And there's, there's, there's a whole other, that's a whole ca- other category that we could talk about for an hour. And, you know, we're uh, talking about this, we're having this conversation in coronavirus time. And, you know, if every investor in every asset class hasn't learned the benefits of diversification, uh, you really got a lesson in it now, depending on how, you know, all of your investments have been performing over the past. This content was created by commercialrealestate.com. Access our community, investment databases, training, and live events by visiting www.commercialrealestate.com.